back made an a to z yes this time recording from uh, my home studio instead of clarion in uh, stockholm yeah and uh, yeah welcome here well thank you very much first time being here yeah first time you're here and um i've recorded a few pods from here but not in this particular setup oh ah, yeah so it's and new for both of us yeah it's new for both of us the kind of gloomy october day i, I like i like this weather though. it's nice yeah I like, I like october it's kind of comparable to the beginning of the fugitive, I think. Yeah. The morning. This morning would have been a, a yeah. proper morning for, for the fugitive uh, uh, escaping, I guess. Oh, yeah, def- definitely, yeah. And we are not fugitives today. We have done our deeds and duties, and yeah, we're we ready are. to talk Maiden again. Yes, but not the fugitive. We're not there yet. No, not at all. That's no. F. That's a ways away. A while to go. So today, uh, big song. Very big song. Yeah. One of the biggest, perhaps. I would say so. I'd say so. Definitely. We're definitely... Uh, uh, one of their most uh, well-known songs, I'd say, even from the general, uh, e- even for not you know hu- huge hardcore Maiden fans, I think a lot of people have heard this song. Um, yeah, you recall the first time you heard it? Yeah, it was uh, the first time I heard this song was 1999 at the Gluben Arena. They opened the uh, Ed Hunter tour with uh, with this particular song. Yeah, I remember seeing that on because I bought uh, the I think it was on the Wickerman single. Not from uh, from uh, from Stockholm, but from that tour. Yeah, that's probably as true. That's a yeah. B-side, Madrid, yeah. and uh, I think it's the best live version of the song. Ninety-nine, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's one of the better Bruce ones. Bruce came back with a, like a better voice. Well, I, th- I think that was that. A lot of people say his peak was in like the uh, you know mid to late eighties. I'd say it was more around then. Is when he was at his. Yeah, and I mean, still today, he sounds arguably better than oh, sometimes yeah. in the mid eighties. Well, I mean, I even prefer, and I think everyone knows what song we're talking about here. But just so we can say it out loud, we're talking about obviously the song "Aces High." Um, I think that even though there's the the version that came out a few weeks ago is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, I still kind of like what he's doing there more than what I do some of the older 80s versions. Yeah. Because I think he is a better vocalist. Yeah, I think a big difference with him now is that he has uh, all these smart techniques. Like, yeah. Uh, you could hardly even know that he is cheating. Yeah. But he is cheating quite a bit. Yeah. But that makes him like kind of never out of pitch or out of tune. He struggles a bit on... It's a hard song to sing. On right? SSI now, I mean, at pushing 65 or what Something could like it be. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's at least... 
above 60 now. Yeah. I turned 60 in 2018. So. I think that most people even, I mean, if you take this song, I think a lot of people half his age would probably have a hard time singing it, you know, as it is in the record, almost that moment, and uh, definitely live. It's, uh, it's not an easy song. No, not at all. And uh, it's, it's a tough one, and it still is kind of quick, and they tend to open with it. Yeah. Uh, when I saw them the first time performing this song, yeah, they opened with it because it was a Somewhere Back on Tour or um, the Golden Years Tour. That's what I called it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I don't think so that was the name. Uh, the I, think of, it was, uh, I think it was Somewhere Back in Time. Uh, yeah, maybe so. I think it's uh, it was also Flight 666, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because that's a live album based on Live After Death. Have you thought about that? It, it is, yeah. yeah. And there, there's some songs on there that weren't on the Live After Death, but yeah, it is. But yeah, that's uh, I, I think that version is pretty good too. I actually like that version. Uh, Strong version. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the classic version is obviously the Live After Death version. Yeah. But I like the Flight 66 version better. Yeah, I think it's, it's maybe because it sounds better too. Yeah. And the band is, uh, they have more resting periods these days, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> everyone knows how, uh, not everyone, but every Big Maiden fan knows how hard that uh, World Slavery Tour was. Well, they, they probably should they probably should have recorded the, because this album, the live album was recorded, Live After Death, if I recall, was recorded quite late in the tour. Yeah. They should have probably done it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They talked about like uh, Rod Rod and Andy just adding another US leg. Yeah. Because they were they were kind of done with the original itinerary. And then they're like, I think, uh, you know, the kids in the States are ready to go again. Like, are you? And what can they say? Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's the, you're on the peak of, of, of your job. And uh, it's often talked about how you kind of have to jump at the chance. And I've heard, especially in the US, that if you're kind of, you know, hey, give me a week. Yeah. The chance could be gone. Yeah. And this was addressed with uh, with regards to Swedish singer Björn Schiffs. Do you know him? Oh, yeah. I, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, I mean, there's not too much music for me to enjoy by him, but his voice is incredibly good. He's a good voice. And uh, he had the chance to to hit the States. Uh, back. He, did, he had that mega hit with, uh, it was a cover song, that Huga Shaka thing. Hooked on a feeling. Isn't that his song, though? Isn't that? I'm not sure, but he sings it great. Because uh, I think that, uh, I think that there are, because I know... David Hasselhoff famously did a cover of it, but I think he, yeah. I think Bjorn Chris, I think he's the original of that one. Yeah, because I remember when the few years ago there's a movie came out called Guardians of the Galaxy, and they used that song, and he made a lot of money off that. All right, so yeah. I think that's well deserved. Because what happened when he was invited to tour the states? It was he was like, okay, guys, this sounds great, but I've had all these uh, folk parker <laughs> booked here in Sweden, yeah. which you know we could. What could you translate that to? A small countryside arenas or? Oh, they sort of like it's. I mean, they're the yeah they're. Outdoor arenas. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he was, if we, he would have been a bit more business sly, he would have been like, okay, I've got to cancel a few gigs. So, you got to help me pay the down payments for that. And, and then I'll come, obviously, because yeah, this is more important. But he was, you know, way too down to earth to, to do that. And that's been debated to be his, his loss of the American market. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he did all right, anyways. But yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Still, yeah. Good news with that, with those movie royalties too, because yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you make money of music these days. You want to, you want to be in a car commercial or in a or movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Or you want to have a video where you lift an iPhone. That's yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the entire budget relies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but not with Maiden. No, not at all. Actually, not. This is it's a good topic because they they talked about that before that they have really really tried to stay away from sponsorships and and you know corporate sponsoring mm -hmm. uh, overall to kind of not taint the Maiden uh, legacy, if you will. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, I, th I think they've done a very good job of that for the most part. Um, I was, I mean, sometimes if you go into their 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 official web shop, there's some products that might seem kind of like they're. I mean, like you know, I, I've never once would randomly think that I would want a pair of Iron Maiden barbecue 
no uh, tools but you can you can have them if they're there if you want to buy them yeah i think uh, merch is still a different uh, thing oh yeah but sponsorship is when you have an actual corporate logo oh, yeah. on your like on your sleeve or in your video like, never, uh, never product placement uh, that sort of thing and i mean everyone kind of does it like all the james bond movies oh yeah that's how they, tons make, that's of that's that shit. How they make their money yeah tons of that shit but maiden have stayed away from it and i guess it goes back to uh, what we all love which is like steve harris's extreme stubbornness yeah definitely yeah like there's only one way for him to do this and the others kind of have to join in and yeah it's good that we touched a little bit on uh, life after death it just turned 35. oh yeah just like a uh, couple like last week right yeah yeah so that's kind of a current maiden news i guess and maybe look back at it for a bit it's it's not really my favorite maiden live album it's just that uh, the cover is so nice the cover's great <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's just still fun i still enjoy listening to it but it's uh, I mean, when when I when I'm in a mode where I kind of listen to, where I go from peace of mind to power slave, I kind of always put that on there somewhere as well. But I mean, it's it's still it, it so it's fun. It's it's not their it's not their best by any stretch of the imagination. But um, released on the right time though. Yeah, because five albums in, that's quite classy. They had of course EPs before, like mm-hmm. uh, live B sides and uh, made in Japan. But yeah, it's first proper live album, well timed. Definitely, definitely. And you got Martin Birch in the mobile studio, which is the same setup as made in Japan by mm-hmm. Deep Purple. So, you know, you're set up for a for a classic. Yeah, yeah. And then Derek Riggs uh, kind of refused Rod's original artwork idea, where Ed is facing you straight. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I haven't seen that. It's uh, You can easily Google it. Uh, it's uh, way uglier than... Uh, I'm going to uh, actually I'm gonna yeah. do that right now. Just yeah, so. you should, you should. So uh, Derek, uh, he kind of... I think he blamed some oil paints... All right. Uh, not drying properly, so it couldn't be photographed or whatever it was with the original. But I think in like in secret, he just wanted to redraw it <laughs> the way he wanted it. Oh, this the... yeah, that's it. Oh, that's not that's similar, not but worse, right? It's I mean, it it looks like like a pirate copy. It looks like the yeah, it looks like the boot, the the bootleg copy of the real one. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that was not good. So I think Derek, he was just smart, and he said he blamed yeah. something technical. But I'm sure it was aesthetical. Well, no, because now they have, that's people's, you know, a lot of people have their favorite Eddie, their favorite version yeah. of Eddie. I mean, I'm not sure if it's my way favorite maiden artwork, but I think it's, if not the best, it's among the best for sure. But if not the best, it's still the most, you know, it's the oh, yeah, most yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of them. It has so much uh, metal in it, really. Yeah. You've got H.P. Lovecraft on the tombstone. you got Eddie coming out of the grave in that great perspective. Yeah, that's uh, great. It's just cool. a very powerful angle. And I think Derek was really good with that. Like finding the correct angles. Well, I th- I, th- I, th- I think that uh, when I remember when I was before I knew what Iron Maiden was, I'd seen that album somewhere, and it made a very uh, profound uh, sort of impression because I hadn't really seen anything like that at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it just seemed very you know metal and evil and very cool. I just, yeah. but I hadn't really seen anything like that at that point. So it was it was yeah. Second Maiden shirt I bought was that one. First oh, yeah. one was Number of the Beast, and then um, I uh, I just had to get that one and it was way too large i remember i was no, like no. Uh, very thin at the time and, and what they had in central stockholm was like an extra large where, where, where'd you where'd you buy it punk shop. yeah yeah I imagine. <laughs> classic right okay so there, for those listening punk shop is i don't know if it's still there um it was one of the few places or i mean i don't know if it was the few places really but for a you know a, a sort of a newbie in that kind of world that's the place you kind of heard you can buy band t-shirts yeah and um the, the staff was not overly helpful in trying to help you find no. what you want or the right size. Uh, so I, I remember I have uh, somewhere in the box, in a box somewhere, I have my first Metallica t-shirt I bought there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, they, uh, 
Okay. And I said I wanted a medium, I think, and I definitely gave me a small, but they said it'd work, and it didn't really work, but yeah. I did it anyways. Uh, and then later I discovered, you know, other places you can. Yeah, they were just basically salesmen. I don't know. They probably had some some uh, main distributor and just took everything in and sold it yeah. with, without a care and mo- a lot of bootlegs. Then. Oh yeah, mo- I'd say mostly bootlegs. I can't imagine very much official. No. Well, actually, a friend of mine bought a bought a Metallica uh, shirt from them or there. And what it was was it had the, the artwork from Ride the Lightning on it, but the song titles on the back were from Load. So <laughs> that probably wasn't official. I'm just That's great. <laughs> Outlook torn. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. not there. So uh, to get back on topic, yeah, I guess yeah. today says hi. Uh, if we look at the cover art of, of Power Slayer, we discussed it a little bit last time. It's way different perspective. Again, same mm-hmm. artist, right? But yeah. here you get this grandos, like something big is about to happen. Yeah. And I think uh, as an op- album opener, it's a very good one. It's probably one of their best album openers. Yeah. Do you have like do you have a favorite list of, of album, album openers? openers? Uh, that's definitely one of them. Uh, Where Eagles Dare, one of them. Yep. I really like uh, The Wicker Man. Yep. Uh, let me think. There's probably one. I mean, it's good choices. Moonchild. I mean, I'm just gonna if I keep going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna list all the yeah. albums. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think Moonchild number one. All right. Yeah, very right, cool. Yeah. Very cool way to open it and strong song. Just the other day, I saw Ishan from emperor like playing his favorite riffs on loudwire i think mm-hmm. it was probably loudwire and um moonchild was one of the first that he picked up uh, yeah i think i saw yeah. that too yeah. Yeah. yeah and he was like i used to play along to our maiden albums in the 80s and it really made sense the way he riffs and yeah. his sense of melody and songwriting so it was a good little tribute to that one uh, if you go to the flight 66 six, uh 66 rather yeah uh, that uh the version of moonchild there is really good yeah i dig that they play the intro yeah, uh, because it's normally on a on a tape, right? As yeah, is yeah. as is high. Yeah, so they usually. I don't think they. I don't know if they'd be. I'm interested to know if they ever played Aces High. You know. Yeah, me in too. Its entire, I don't. They probably didn't. No, probably not. When we covered it, we did. When we had the three guitar lineups, it wasn't hard to make the intro sound cool. Yeah. I actually dubbed the the bass because the bass has these ringing power chords that kind of um, harmonizes the the lead. Uh, because the lead is static. It's just over and over until the end. And you need the chords underneath. So I doubled the bass. Yeah. Because our bass player was not as cocky as Steve Harris. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes he had to be doubled to be heard even, right. even remotely near to Steve Harris's live level of, of that song. Yeah. And I do have a clip here from, um, uh, it's, it's, I like these isolated tracks, right? Oh, yeah, I managed to find one for Aces High too. Just the, the bass? bass and drums and it uh, starts off with the album version and then kicks into the flight 666 version all right so probably someone got a hold of the flight 666 multi-tracks mm. and the intro was uh separated i guess yeah, so but that must make sense because they would have played the they would have played the intro yeah yeah, yeah. Right, here we go yeah listen listen to a bit of it then sure Crystal clear. The great drum sound we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good even without the melody. No, it sounds like, yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, there we go. It's like it's insane. Yeah, 
it's working. That's great. Yeah, Bruce Lee in the background. Yep, leaking in. Yep, he's a loud singer. Bruce is so loud. <laughs> That's not even from his microphone. It's like Nico's drum mic's taking up his, his voice. <laughs> He's so loud. You've got to be, I think, if you want to sing in Maiden. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because uh, Steve Harris is still not using in-ears. He's loud as fuck on stage. All right, his all right. Bass. And then obviously Nico is not using in-ears. He has this ancient system, you know, maybe we've seen his wedges. Mm -hmm. They look like they've been through both world wars. Yeah. And then they almost have, right? Now, I think Adrian uses in-ears, right? He started. Because he was like always maybe the most forward-leaning guy, starting ever since the mid '80s, right? Yeah, yeah. He wanted to bring in. He brought in the guitar synths, and then yeah. he later he brought in drop D tuning, with yeah. with Bruce first, um, and then uh, he used it a bit in Maiden. Uh, we'll get back to that. But uh, then I think I think that Dave does not use. He's monitored, right? Uh, he and Yannick have also switched by now, but they switched later. Yeah, they All were right. more conservative with their sound. I mean, it's way different. I played no. a bit with. Uh, but in ears, and you've got to get used to it. All right, yeah. you've got to really find your mix there. And they all have some some noise on stage, but way less now, which Bruce says is nice because now he doesn't have to be up on the riser all the time. Before, when they had like the thundering guitars and bass on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't really favor even being on front stage. That's why he did a lot of the difficult parts up behind Nico. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, like for if you take like uh, well, for instance, another song on. On uh, both Power Slave and Flight 666, Ryan Religion Mariner, he's up on top there most of that song. Most of that song, yeah. And it's, even back in the day when he did it back in the 80s, he still did that. Yeah, and so, with Power Slave with the mask. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah up there. And it's, yeah. it's good for the drama, good for the crowd. You yeah. can really reach them. Yeah. I don't know if we addressed this before, but I think Bruce's main strength live is to be able to reach everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You feel kind of invited, you know, as mm -hmm. a 12 or 13 year old, you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm personally invited to be yeah. here. I'm. Uh, he wants me to be here. Yes. Uh, personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good strength to have, really. Oh, definitely. And a lot of people, that's a rare rare thing, I'd say. It is, yeah. A lot of artists are maybe too introvert or, you know, can't really do it. Yeah. I think uh, I could applaud James Hetfield for getting there finally, because when he started out, he was not mm. that kind of guy. I mean, even Dave Mustaine had to do the, the banter in between song band. Yeah, he's, good, he's better at that now. In the beginning. So he, he kind of reached that. I think he maybe became more honest. Or Now, now what, 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 what Jonathan pulled out here, he has the, um, I think this is the, the, is it the 1999 version that came out? Yeah, it's the 98 version. 98 version, sorry. Yeah. So it's got the, the, uh, the very cool, I mean, it's, uh, the, the, all the, the CDs themselves are decorated with the, uh, you know, the yeah. artwork from the, that's yeah, very very cool, and also the the uh, the spine of it has the like we discussed before. Um, if you got all the albums together, you'd have a an Eddie face on the yeah. CD shelf, basically, which is very fun. Yeah, the spines would would make up a photo, so I like that. And the CD on on this one is uh, the Mummy Eddie, Mummy Eddie breaking the chains uh, with electricity all around. I think yeah. it was used for a World Slavery tour poster. The poster, yeah, yeah the poster. I got that one on long sleeve too. It's a good, good Eddie, one of the best. There's also during this tour the Eddie they had that came out of the back of the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, that looks. It's not like completely uh, impressive, but it's so charming and quite big and cool. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Now they didn't do that for the uh, 2008 tour, did they? 
Or did they do something else then? Uh, yeah, they've always they always have a big Eddie well, behind I know there. Had, all right, but which one did it, did it? Was it that one? I guess it must have been. They lost that one. I've heard. There well, was, I know, but I figured yeah. that. Well, I don't. I don't know. Remade, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I recall that I couldn't find any um, info on what they. Because I know they always have a big Eddie at some point, but I wondered if it was during the somewhere back in time tour, if it was that one or if it was another one. But well, I'll, you know, maybe someone will know, and they can. If you know, you can email us because yeah. uh, we are our email is maidenazpod at gmail.com. That's right. Yes. Now it's registered. Yes, it is. We have it. We'll have to solve uh, whatever hey. we said in the last episode. Yes. But that's the, that's that's the address. Maidenazpod, one word, yes. at gmail.com. Yeah. So any suggestions or tips or yeah. corrections, if Indeed. you want. And um, yeah, I saw that tour on, on Wacken Open Air in Germany. Oh, wow. That's that kind of fun. ton of people. It was fun in the sense that it was a big party, but uh, it was hard for me to really catch the, the stage. I mean, I'm one of those that actually like the, the golden circle system. Yeah, yeah, so you want to, yeah, that's, yeah. So that you can stand in, in front, but in the back of the front. And you sort of watch. A good space and watch, maybe headbang a bit, you know, if, if the feeling comes there. But somehow Maiden has not been like a super headbangy band for me when I see I them mean, live. Just, I mean, it's, well, some of that's fun as well, well of course, but I figure that I, I always, you know, and I remember I used to have friends when I was uh, younger you know, who'd like, you know, when they go to gigs, you know, they'd head headbang like crazy. And I was kind of made fun of for not doing that. And I was like, well, you sounds just paid 450 crowns and you don't remember anything of the fucking gig. At point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, who's the fucking idiot then? Yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, I, especially uh, now because gig concerts are like a thousand crowns at least some point sometimes. Yeah. And you want to be able to remember some of it. I don't mean you guys sit, stand still in a corner, but you know, you, I kind of, you know, it's, it's a very visual show as well. So it's fun to remember some of that. Yeah, it's like from that's what it's like for me with drinking uh, during the show. I don't want to get too drunk so that, I it, do that so that it escapes me. But yeah. I do drink uh, like a couple of beers, and then I also need to see to it that I let them out before the gig. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that'd be the worst in the middle of a maiden show to oh, have to go yeah. to, to the toilet. I mean, that's that's a bummer. You know, you're losing. And so far, hasn't happened to me, but hopefully. precious minutes oh, yeah, are yeah, lost. Yeah, definitely, you know? and uh, if we could get back to legacy because that's also a current topic. Uh, we got. Um, the, what is it called? Knights of the Dead? I think it's Knight. Yeah, I think that's the name. Knight or Knights of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, a play on uh, like Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, because it's recorded in Mexico. Yeah, so. Day of the Dead. And let's see here. We quickly addressed it last time. At that point, I hadn't heard ACSI yet. And now I've heard it, and it was... Uh, Knights of the Dead. Knights of the Dead. Mm. It was um, a small letdown, I would say, but not a big one. Uh, I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't expecting that song to be the standout either. Uh, no, I think that it's also it's the first song of the gig. Yeah, and uh, a tough one. Tough one. For this age. And uh, I mean, I think if I had skipped any song of that set list, it would actually have been Aces High. Yeah. I love this song, but they don't have to do it. They did it on the, on the Flight 666 tour yeah. or Summer Back in Time tour. They did it on the Hunt tour, and they also did it on the Seventh Sun yeah, uh, the Made in England, two thousand thirteen. Oh, all right, all right. That's that's the one one. That's the one one I missed. It was the first encore of that set. Uh, so they, oh wow! So they played it plenty. I think I could have. Now, done... did it sound better at the end of the set in the beginning? Because I figured that point is warmed up. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's kind of better. So it was almost like a switch. That like Moonchild sounded worse than it did on the Flight Six 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 tour mm. because then that was the encore, and now that was the opener, and it sounded slightly worse as the opener. You know, the again the. The backtrack was for the intro was playback, and then they go on, and they're not fully. Yeah, the sound is not fully set up, so you hear like "I am he," but you don't hear the riff, and you know, yeah. as an encore, it was better. And I think maybe some of those really explosive songs should be used for encore. Yeah, but I, I know you got to open big as well, of course. 
you gotta open big and you're gonna run out on stage if you're maiden right oh yeah they so, gotta do that they always yeah. do that <laughs> and i remember when i was a kid i saw another show uh, like not too long after my first show which was the metal 2000 brave new world tour and i come to this place and it's like where's the stage where is it yeah uh, oh it's that tiny corner over there how are these band how are they gonna run out on stage <laughs> most people don't do that <laughs> there's no door behind it and then you see them just kind of climbing in there and uh and uh, I was thinking, like, okay, there are shows, and then there are shows. That's, like, yeah, that's that's also definitely. I mean, also, I think, yeah, most people aren't going to. You know, climbing in, getting in behind your drum kit, just awkwardly moving the hi-hat. Yeah, <laughs> like, so you okay. don't knock anything over. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is probably what it's more like in general than, than Iron well, Maiden. And, you know, most people do have an intro tape. Just, I mean, it's, it's fun. It makes you feel cooler. But it's also so, so it's, you're taking your attention away from the fact you're trying to knock, knock get up on stage, not knock anything over. Yeah. And often intro tapes troubling. I know this as a sound guy and as a band member that often they are very hi-fi compared to the sound you can you can manage to get in the first couple of minutes. So you have this uh, pre-recorded hi-fi recording, full audio spectrum, good bass, good mid, yeah, and good treble, the... and then you hit the live sound and it's thin. Yeah. Even with Maiden, sometimes. Uh, like yeah. when they go into uh, it's maybe a little thin yeah. compared to the fat pre-recorded yeah definitely but i get it i, you know, I get it they, they gotta run up on stage yeah well that's, that's well that's what they do it but i like wicker man in that sense because then you have adrian coming up alone yeah, he's just cool. back in the band and they get their time to tune in uh, the sound engineer can fix that guitar first. The hits mm -hmm. come, and then he can see to it that the toms are loud. And uh, yeah, they're ready to kick off. So I think that's live, probably the best opener. Maybe. Definitely, definitely. I think Be Quick or Be Dead is a cool one, that's too. That's a good one, too. I, yeah. I really want to hear that at some point. Yeah. Probably not going to hear it. but Probably not, no. But no. it is possible. It's not one of those songs that were not featured on the original tour. It means, that's true. That means it could, could come it back. Come up, it could come back. Have you thought about that since last time we recorded uh, have they ever pulled out a song? I don't think they have. That was not on the original album. No, I don't think so. I couldn't think of anyone at least. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it's easy. It's like a bit of peace of mind for them too. Like the songs that were not featured, they're, not, they're, they're, they're out of the live catalog. Yeah, because I don't see them doing like, I mean, may, maybe that'd be kind of cool in like three years from now, if they do like a peace of mind 40th anniversary tour, then they could maybe do the whole album. Yeah. Because only a few songs they haven't done there. What's missing? Sun and Steel, uh, Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire. I mean, that's not fucking. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tame a Land, right? So they, uh, they did that on the on the original tour. They did the original tour, but right. never again. We so, see. So there's, there's two. And yeah. They did two. They'd get the whole two that were never featured. And Sun and Steel was a beer, so nah. maybe, maybe, maybe. Did they also do? Uh, I mean, so they did Still Life. They did that a couple times. Yeah, that was uh, on, the, on the original tour as well as on the Made in England or Seventh Tour of a Seventh Tour, I believe it was called. All right. Yeah, so and that was a great choice for that one. It really it fits the Seventh Sun sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Somehow, and they added a bit of keys to it, subtly, subtle version of it, you know, right, on well. the clean parts. And I really got to give some, some cred for their live keyboards. Michael, uh, what's his name? Michael... Uh, uh, Kenny? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Kenny, Steve Harris, bass tech. Yeah. Because I think it's a good choice to not have like this keyboard wizard... Yeah, because like, you don't need that. It's not what it's supposed to be. No, they have a lot of what we call Swedish, like uh, finger vals, you know, one finger yeah, yeah, yeah. keyboarding yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with like these um, uh, kind of synthetic string sounds mm -hmm. normally, and uh, it's enough. You know, they've got three guitars now yeah. on stage and plenty of things happening all over the, uh, the music spectrum. So. Yeah, so you don't really need the 
it adds atmosphere and yeah. i think uh, they don't have to use backtracks because they have michael kenny that's so perfect he, so he can sync it up with a human touch yeah to their human uh, rhythm patterns definitely and that yeah and, he, and he's been with them for quite a while hasn't he? he's been with them since way back yeah many of the guys have like take dog hall for example mm-hmm. american sound guy he i think i'm not sure now but he must have started around 81 all right or, yeah in around there in around there and he quit just recently like 2015 no and he was with them for all the all those concerts you know ever since the only guy that kind of beats him is uh, metallica's big mick oh yeah who's funnily enough he is british so they have a british take and maiden has an american (laughs) and he's been with metallica since the start still is wow that's a crazy amount of gigs he must really like be happy with his job i mean it sounds like a pretty fun job (laughs) it does it does definitely a hero of mine too because they get good live sound yeah. If, at least if you stand in the right position yeah. in the venue and if you're in a pretty good venue. First song on Power Slave, First song. of course. And um, it's uh, lyrically a song about um, air fighting, like a spitfighter. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it takes place during the Battle of uh, Britain, which was yeah. in 1940, if I remember. Something like that, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a you know, big history nerd, but I think that's the case. Yeah. And that's why when they do it live, the other Winston Churchill... Uh, speech intro thing, yeah, and uh, so yeah, and they, they still, whenever they play the song these days, they still do that, which is uh, I love the intro, I think it really sets the mood up with the, yeah. the, with the sounds of engines and uh, fire, and then uh, Churchill's uh, like slightly alkalized voice and <laughs> 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 in the streets, it sounds good and it really sets the mood up, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I dig that it's live only. But I didn't. I wouldn't want Power Slave to start with that. No, I don't think they would do that. Uh, they, that wouldn't be nice. Have they ever used any kind of? I mean, the closest thing I can I can imagine, I can think of to any kind of spoken word kind of situation is isn't there actually something on uh, Ryan Mansion Mariner? Yeah, but it's not credited, so we don't really know who it is. Also, Number of the Beast and the Prisoner. Yeah. Obviously, Someone said that maybe it was Bruce on on, but I don't think so on no. Rhyme. Uh, the, the one the guy on. Uh, Number of the Beast. He's not credited either, but he's he's known. He's like this guy doing. Well, essentially, it's it's a guy doing a Vincent Price impression. Yeah, exactly. They, they wanted to get Vincent Price, but he goes too expensive. So they got <laughs> oh, yeah, like five thousand pounds yeah, or something yeah. Yeah, silly like that. And, uh, and this guy is doing like a, I think, a cartoon Dracula. Kind of. Yeah. Well, that's kind of. No, what he's doing that after for real, actually. Well, that's kind of what. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's the voice of Dracula intro or something. Is he? Yeah, the oh, Dracula okay. intro. But cool. I'm not sure, but I like that one too. Yeah. Great spoken word. I yeah. thought it was Steve Harris when I was younger. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then you have the Prisoner, which is the closest to, to um, Ace's High in the regards that it's an, another recording. It's not recorded yeah, it's by a, Maiden. No, it's 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 from the TV show The Prisoner. It's a guy yeah. called Patrick McGowan who is uh, who who um was it was in the show, and they got his permission to. Uh, to do that, of course. Yeah, yeah. Famously, when they called him up and yeah, they were yeah. nervous. And oh, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll to, we'll, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. a while, that's a while. So that's like, a while to go. And yeah. uh, also, back in the village is is part of the prisoner story, prisoner oh. saga. All right, yeah. So I think they only made two parts, but the village is apparently a place in in this show. I, I haven't. I've I've only seen sporadic episodes a long time ago. So it. Uh, mm. But yeah, we will get into that too. We'll get into that. That's coming up pretty soon, actually. So we can. Yeah. Um, Which is good because yeah. that's a cool song. But so basically, it's, it's uh, Steve did it on his own. It's like four thirty-one long, if I recall. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's a titled song, very tightly knit. You have that intro, which doesn't it doesn't come back, right? No, it, uh, the first intro that that one is, that is on tape, it doesn't come back. It's not reoccurring. No, no but then so they have a like B intro. 
Yeah. That comes back at the end. Comes back at the end. So that kind so of the whole they actually essentially they, they never have to play that. No. <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, exactly. And then uh, they uh, they kind of bookshelf it with the the other melody. You know, it's possible they don't know, they don't know <laughs> to play that bit because they never had to learn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's possible. It's possible for sure. And uh, the song is one of the most basic structured maiden songs. Yeah. You get that intro slash outro or intro B slash outro, and yeah. then you kind of hit straight into the verse. Um, the verse modulates up, and then you get the pre-chorus, and then you get the the chorus. Yeah. And then uh, right back to verse modulated up. Uh, no, there's a, like a post-chorus also, I think. And then verse modulated up, pre-chorus, chorus, solos, and then probably another verse, or is it straight some, back to pre-chorus? Kind of, it's, of, it's some kind of um, a bridge kind of, like, and then it goes back to the, the verse. Yeah, those riffs keep reoccurring from Steve, they're kind of, in many songs, I call them like his Air Force riffs, because they have this Air Force vibe, and obviously with this song in mind. The... When when I was uh, younger, I was you know you know arguing amongst friends who was the best you know metal singer. And one of the songs when I when I'd say it was Bruce, one of the songs I'd play for them to to sort of prove my point would be would be this one because yeah. especially like the the after uh, like that the the the, core, the last uh, the last bit of the chorus, at least the first chorus, where he's on the word high, he just holds out that note for that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, that, that that's the second version, the second verse, the second time. I mean, the first time it just the straight. Um, you know, he, he just—he doesn't go anywhere. It's just a, I, I'm not going to even be able to attempt yeah, to do it. But he—it's uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite bits of the of the song. Yeah, it's very cool the way he does it. And I mean, um, even now live, he can kind of emulate it. He, he cheats a little bit, and he's yeah. doing the "Be Quick or Be Dead" scream instead. You know, yeah. like hey, he says ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, it sounds pretty cool. I think he he can still represent the song uh, vocally for sure, even though he's struggling a little bit with it. And uh, it is a tough song to yeah. sing. Uh, now, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna just go ahead and maintain, maintain that I don't think anyone could do it the way it's on the record. Uh, kind of impossible. I don't yeah. think it, no, or even or maybe he could at some point. But when he was at his, when he was doing that, I don't think anyone then or now could really do it like he did it. Yeah, and honestly, even on a record, because yeah. this is 1984 when they recorded this. Yeah. Uh, so there's no you, Pro Tools to couldn't cheat that much no. obviously you could punch him in a few times but that was also time consuming you had to reel back tapes and so this is pretty this is yeah and that's like i said you know when he's you know there's people who can who can probably sing this song and i know there's tons of cover bands out there i know people can sing this song and i know i've even seen tribute albums where you know pretty big names you know attempt to sing these songs and they can do it they're doing it fine i don't think anyone's been able to do it like that as good as that ever no no i ever. mean again and that's why it's fine when i when people complain about how He's not doing as great anymore. I say, yeah, but no one could do this. So I think the closest would be Madrid '99. Yeah, because he's back. He's just about 40, 41 at the time, and yeah. he's has a lot to prove. Like, um, yeah, he said multiple times that the reason he went back was to, for Maiden to become the world's biggest metal band. Yeah, that's like that's a pretty good goal to have, I guess. You know, mm -hmm. it's like why aim lower if you're already Iron Maiden? There you go. Yeah. And they kind of are, I guess. Metallica could be bigger uh, in numbers, but you know. Uh, these days, I don't know. I think they're about. I think they're neck and neck, really. Probably, probably. Yeah. And then again, Metallica are Maiden fans. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> not not necessarily so much the other way around. I don't think. No, not as much. Not as much. I think they're more more diplomatic about it these days. Yeah. Because uh, I know, like back in two thousand three, uh, you know, Bruce kind of made fun of them. He did recently too, oh, he did? but then oh. he kind of retracted it, but didn't really. He said like, okay, so, you know, 
I don't think they're bad. I think, in fact, I think they're brilliant, great band. But I'm also the singer of Iron Maiden, and my job is sometimes to be a dick. That makes sense. That's fine. I mean, the one thing. I mean, he does. He does tend to, you know. I'm like I remember like it was 2005 when they were doing the Ozfest tour, very briefly, and you know he made fun of Ozzy for using uh, teleprompter, yeah. and then that didn't work out very well. And that might have been not, not. You know, I think that maybe if you're sort of in, essentially in someone's house, it's kind of dumb to insult them. Exactly. I think it was maybe, you know, being a, a professional dick, as he said his, himself, you know, yeah. sometimes you might, you might stumble upon a, yeah. a small mistake. And that was probably one of them. And, you know, like, yeah, slagging off the, the host of the whole thing, maybe not the greatest idea. Well, but then also I, with that, I'd say that, with, you know, sharing got the... Uh, uh, Her reaction was, was wor- crap, was worth well, it. Well, because she, she got, essentially, for those who don't know, she, did, she, she had the Black Label Society roadies throw eggs at them when they're on stage. Yeah. And they also did a thing beforehand where they'd over the intro tape, put a crowd chanting Aussie just to, you know, ah, and, and you that's, know. that's low. That's yeah. Low. And it didn't work. So, you know, it's, they shut the power a few times. Yeah. Like in the middle of Phantom of the Opera, which is, you know, oh, that's, that's sacrilege. I think that, I think that was, you know, a shitty thing too. Cause then she's actually, you know, hurting the people who paid quite a bit of money to see that. And that kind of sucks. Cause you yeah. know, not everyone is fucking Sharon Osbourne has, you know, g- zillions of zillions of dollars yeah that, that's what mostly was the effect that she, she made the band really angry and disappointed she made the crowd really angry and disappointed yeah. that's about it and yeah. as someone said like lucky it wasn't a riot because of this yeah yeah, yeah. could have been oh, and yeah. then she could have had like lives on her on yeah. her tall even though of course bruce provoked it he provoked it but again you know you gotta also to be to be fair in his defense aussie's sung paranoid probably if, at this point I mean, well, I mean, probably tens of thousands of times. Now, if he needs a teleprompter to remember the lyrics, maybe he's made some dumb life choices. Maybe so. <laughs> and I think maybe it's fine so. to point that out. I mean, I wouldn't have done it like that. But, you know, it, it think, yeah. uh, there's certain songs that, you know, he should fucking know those words at this point. He should, yeah. I mean, maybe he knows them less because he's been relying on teleprompters. That's true. They that's, become that's, crutches. That's true. And, you know, you know, but also he hasn't had the, has the hasn't you know, lived the most healthy life. Uh, no, no. Way, way less so than Bruce, at least. And I mean, Metallica, same thing. He uses his word wedges, as they neatly call them. Yeah. But they are very cleverly hidden, you know, so no camera angle almost ever catches them. Yeah. And uh, Rob Halford and Judas Priest, teleprompters as well. I think it's fine. It's fine. It's all right, you know, but... Uh, didn't we talk about last time? Or I think we did. It was, well, maybe, uh, during the... Um, how sometimes people get annoyed when bands play quote-unquote cheat versions of songs and make it slightly easier for them to play. And I think that's that's fine. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be... But this all said, I'm impressed by Bruce knowing all these lyrics because yeah. it's not even half of them that are his lyrics. I mean, like, for instance, like, if you get, like, a song like maybe, say, The Wicker Man, that's a little easier than maybe, say, because there's a chorus. The chorus is, what, let's say, your time will... I mean, it's not... It's not very Four words. Four words. You can, most people do that. Uh, Rhyme Engine Mariner, there's almost no... Nothing, no, nothing ever repeats itself in the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some way difficult stuff like um, yeah. uh, Red and the Black, long verses, oh, yeah. new song, long verses, you know. So, I mean, he did that. I mean, I, I, when I saw him in Gothenburg, that tour, he did mess up a bit of that. Yeah. Because uh, there's a bit where the whoa, whoa he, he, I think he thought that was going to come in, yeah. but didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fine. That's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, he, he does sometimes. And that's... he had this thing with Evil Let Men Do that he messed up quite a few times, like singing the same verse twice. And, but he couldn't really have prompters because then he would have needed 40 of them since he's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he would have needed some sunglasses with, <laughs> with inside 
pounders. So, you know, he just couldn't do it. No, I think I don't think he's... I mean, But again, if he did, it would be fine. Yeah. And I mean, on the topic of lyrics, we've yeah. got Steve lyrics here. Yep. And uh, a friend of mine and me, we kind of joked about it being like um, subconscious sexual innuendo in this song. Right. <laughs> it has that kind of vibe. It's like, uh, there goes the siren, the warns of the air raid. There comes the sound of the guns sending flak. Out for the scramble, got to get airborne, got to get out for the coming attack. And then jump in the cockpit, start up the engines, remove all the wheel blocks. There's no time to waste. All right, all right. Yeah, maybe, uh, sure. Gathering speed as we head down the runway. <laughs> got to get airborne before it's too late. Well, I mean, I can, I can, yeah. I think it's not, but I mean, it's, it's fun just to see. And then, and, and then listen to this. Running, scrambling, flying, rolling, turning, diving, going in again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think it's not the case, but... It was just kind of funny to think of it like that. And I don't know, did you see Game of Thrones at all? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw the whole thing. It's the scene where, uh, where Jamie is talking to, I think, uh, Brock or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's saying, like, maybe it's all, maybe it's all cocks in the end, you know, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of war. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and I don't think it was Steve's intention, but he was a young male at the time. And yeah, it, it yeah. has a very, you know, we, we have the word in Swedish, stridspit. Which means sure. like a war penis. Yeah, yeah, that could, that could be kind of it. Yeah. And it's kind of a war I mean, penis. Every, every night he stands up on stage and show, shows out this gigantic, you know, <laughs> yeah. wooden thing he points at <laughs> the audience and points yeah. at people. Phallic. It, it doesn't take too much to, you know, re, it, it, yeah, I, I, can, I can get where you might. <laughs> but all that said, good lyrics. I like them. Now, you mentioned that the guitar solo was one of the first ones that you tried to learn, correct? Yeah, Adrian's, Adrian's solo in that one. A very neat little, little piece. And they both really like they make good effect of their quite short durations of soloing in this yeah. song. Like first Dave kicks over to Adrian and it's just really good example of how that duo operates and, yeah. and how brilliant they are really too. Like they, it lifts the song. It's one, it's one of those songs that makes, I think, I think I mentioned this. I mean, this also could be the problem is when we finished recording last time, we, when we, we went out for a few drinks and we kept talking about Iron Maiden, of course. So it's hard to remember what we, yeah. what I said in this and didn't say, didn't say just said in real life. But, uh, it's one of those. Th th this is one of those songs that makes you understand why a lot of times when they're when you're doing a top, you know, five or ten guitar guitarist lists, those guys are usually listed together. Yeah, as like a unit rather than a separate guitarist. Yeah, we did mention that, but obviously that's uh, something that can be mentioned over and over yeah. in a show like this, where we go through every single Maiden song in alphabetical order. Yeah, among probably other concepts we will see as we go. Yes. Yeah. So that'd be interesting, and I think. This kind of wraps it up for for ACI, Probably, at yeah. least for, from what I had to add on. Yeah, this me song. too. Now, now, question. Of course, you had to ask. The point. Oh yeah. Now, would this go on your play? The, the the Do you think this should be on the the A to Z play our official playlist? Yes. Uh, yeah, agreed. Obviously, yeah, it should so be there. Not, not not a difficult question. And the, the original version or Madrid, but I guess we're doing studio versions. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do live versions later. True. True. Anyway, this is a song where the studio version is kind of superior. It's a good one. Oh, it's a great one. So definitely on the list. Yeah. And um, for next episode, we will be back. Can you guess with what? You should be able to if you just use, you know, just Probably. alphabetical order. And we're, we're in the A's now. That's the cool. A's? Still getting going. Uh, Madeinazpod at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, you might even want to come on the show. It could be yeah. arranged. That could we do that. Also, I'd like to point out that when we're recording this, we haven't... Um, we haven't really released anything yet. So if you're sending stuff and we haven't implemented it or mentioned it, it's because we haven't gotten it yet. Because yeah. when you're hearing this, this you're hearing this way after we recorded it, probably. Yeah. So you're not being ignored. No, no. And I mean, uh, yeah, we plan to, the plan right now, at least, is to start a month from now. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, actually exactly, exactly a month. month so. Yeah. On yeah. on the release of um, Knights of the Dead. Should be ahead of scale, schedule by then and should Definitely. be good. Definitely. All right. So. so all right, well, thank you for this time and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Up the irons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>